Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Zebra Talk, the podcast where we go beyond the stripes and shine a little light onto the lives and the untold stories of the people who slide on their knees and count the threes. That's right, I'm talking about the referees, and today I'm joined by one of my newest friends. I've been really get, enjoying getting a chance to get to know him. He's a member of FCF from Finland. Uh, Riku, how are you today, Riku? Hi. Hi, Odi. I'm really good today. It's rainy outside, but I mean, what what better there's to do on a rainy day than do a podcast, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Get nice and cozy, you know, get a little warm in there, maybe get some coffee or something. I got mine ready to go. Um, how has everything been? Uh, are you guys doing shows yet? Like, where are you at with wrestling right now? We are at wrestling so that, like, we just got our, a few weeks back, we got our, like, you know, uh, training hall open and mm-hmm. basically... So yeah, I've been going there like almost every week, like by half by half accident, but like making sure that I get the ring work in. And then of course, uh, we will be recording or have recorded a show and putting it out soon. And maybe like hopefully gonna have like some monthly shows going forward. So everything's yes. looking bright. What's the best way to actually like before we even get into it, what's the best way to go about watching FCF or like any Scandinavian wrestling? Like, how do you guys usually distribute things? Well, I only know that like Body Slab Wrestling, they have an IWTV deal. So basically, you can go to IWTV and watch Body Slam Body Slam Pro Wrestling with English commentary there. Oh, which very is pretty cool. cool. Uh, for FCF, uh, you just go to Wrestling.fi. We are selling our uh, VODs there. They have only Finnish commentary for now, mm-hmm. but. I think the matches can speak for themselves. Sure, absolutely. I've seen a few of yours, and like it's, it definitely uh, speaks for itself, like you had said. But it is pretty amazing that we're in this uh, this phase of wrestling now, where like we have you know like New Japan or like you know Body Slam or wherever that like it is uh, catered to a, a more global audience. People, I think, are being a lot more aware of the fact that like the internet's a thing, streaming's a mm-hmm. thing, and there are pro wrestling fans in literally every corner of the world that are going to want to watch your product, so might as well try and make sure that they can take it in as well, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I remember the days when you had to order, like, you know, DVDs from some guy from Germany, and they'd, like, send it over, and you'd be, like, right. waiting for months to see a show, whereas nowadays you can see it, like, on the day off or, like, even live, depending on the promotion and yeah, absolutely. Um, let's just go ahead and get right into it. You mentioned, you know, DVD training from Germany. Let's talk a little bit about who you are, uh, where you're from, you know, give a little bit of backstory to yourself and then how you uh, became a wrestling fan. Okay. Well, basically, I was born in the city of Kuopio, which is in northern Savonia. It's like around four hours by train from Helsinki, where okay. I live now. Uh, then we moved ahead from there to a city called Lahti, which is basically the Chicago of Finland. Uh, I'm not going to explain why, because there's a lot of explanations, but I grew up okay. there. <laughs> and the first thing that really caught my eye was video games. I always loved video games, like you know, yeah. different types of video games, uh, reading video game mags. Mm-hmm. And the thing was that like, I started studying like English a lot, and I really got into it so much that I... When I was like in elementary school or something, I read like English, like video game mags. Sure. And then I would open a mag one day and I was just like, what is this WWF? Like, what is this? I don't understand this. Who are these and guys saw... beating each other up in these crazy costumes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there was Stone Colds and The Rocks and like Ken Shamrocks and everything. I was like, what is this? And the thing was that like, I had like 
during my childhood, I had like some sort of semblance of wrestling. It was sort of like I've seen like Hulk Hogan in Gremlins too. Right. I've seen like someone play a WrestleMania game on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, it's I've immersed like, itself so far into pop culture that it's hard to not know that it exists. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't know what it was. That was mm. the problem. So I was like reading this mag, and I saw that that was like the first time I actually knew that. Okay, this is a organization in the states that has like weekly tv they have pay-per-views i learned what was a pay-per-view through that mag and i was like okay this is something awesome Mm -hmm. and then i got a game i think it was wwf warzone for the ps1 and i was like okay this is cool this is really cool like this is just a world that i want to understand and i kind of started to learn more and then we got the internet's connection home sure and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go look up like WCW, WWE, ECW, mm-hmm. like whatever I found from the gaming mags. I just went and saw and started to like really learn to know a bit more. Absolutely. But I, but I still haven't hadn't seen a wrestling match. Let's uh, before we move on from there, let's kind of like paint a little bit of a picture for like the people listening at home, like how hard it is, you know, like a lot of my uh, listeners, viewers or whatever from North America, and we've been mm-hmm. kind of spoiled with professional wrestling for the last like mm-hmm. 40 years. Like how difficult is it really to like get your hands on like weekly content at this time? Like obviously things are really easy now, but like what was it like when you were a kid trying to like feed your wrestling fix? Oh, I mean, for me, because we didn't have cable, we didn't have VCRs mm-hmm. and that was like there was no reason why didn't we we didn't have them. We just didn't have it because yeah. it wasn't something that you, at least for my parents, it wasn't like really necessary. But the thing was that like the only way you could see wrestling was that like you'd have like a satellite subscription or like you know cable TV and you might see some wrestling. And I actually do have a small recollection from my childhood that I was at my grandparents' house and I turned to this channel called Eurosport. Sure. And I saw Jushin Thunder Liger there. Nice. And I was like, what is this? What is this? This is cool. Match ended. I changed the channel. But yeah, so you had to have like a, uh, you basically had to like know when and how to watch it. And the access to that was really small. But I think the tipping point was in 2001 mm-hmm. when there was this cable channel in Finland called Top TV that started. And when they debuted, their like first big like program acquisition was Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Okay, which Very also cool. is a big influence in my life. Yeah, <laughs> but also SmackDown and basically like every like it's iconic. It's like Saturday evenings, nine fifty p.m. Mm-hmm. One hour of SmackDown. Yeah, every week, and it almost is like that same kind of like feeling as uh, you know the old NWA back in like the seventies, eighties with like the six oh five start time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Please. It continue. was so great, and basically when I saw that, like, okay, this thing that I've been curious about is gonna be on Finnish TV. Mm-hmm. So I signed up from day one, and what I saw blew my mind. I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Wait. The WCW is invading, and we just got from the start of the invasion storyline. Yeah. So we kind of might have not known any better, but it was the coolest thing ever. See, you and I are, like, very similar in our experiences in, like, discovering Mm -hmm. wrestling as far as, like, Uh, Mm timeline-wise. Obviously, it was quite a bit easier for me. I was in the States or whatever. But, like, Mm -hmm. I started right at the same time with the invasion storyline and everything. And, like, I had been watching WCW for, like, 
I don't know, maybe six months or a year or something mm-hmm. like that. So I was well-versed enough to know that like, oh, well, WCW will never be on WWF. ECW will never be on WCW or WWF or anything. And then like you're saying, <laughs> yeah. like what? They're all here now? Uh, yeah. Please go ahead. It was, it was just so like mind-blowing. And the thing was that like we were basically just like maybe a month behind mm-hmm. and we didn't get any pay-per-views. So sure. it was basically like people were sharing spoilers like in school and so on. Uh-huh. Because, like, <laughs> you have to remember this was like school kids watching on a Saturday evening on a fairly accessible channel. Like it was a phenomenon. It was a boom. Yeah. And then in 2002... If I remember correctly, like WWE came to Finland the first time I had a ticket. I went there with my best friend Otto and it was like the most awesome thing. Like just remembering like the first match I ever saw live was John Cena versus Billy Kidman. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So seeing like John Cena there and like thinking where he would then go, like close my mind now. And yeah. And during that time, we also got got like broadband internet at home and Mm -hmm. I started devouring a lot of stuff from like, you know, different countries, different promotions, different eras. But the one that really struck me was Japanese wrestling. And through ECW, I found FMW, which was Mm -hmm. like this sort of an independent, uh, iconic Japanese wrestling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, first it was a deathmatch promotion, but then they became like a WWE copy. But there was this one wrestler called Hayabusa. And I was like, this guy blew my mind because I liked Rob Van Dam. Like Rob Van Dam yeah. was the, my first favorite wrestler ever. But then I saw Hayabusa and he was like much like He's way... like Rob Van Dam 2.0. <laughs> like yeah. Or like the origins yeah. of Rob Van Dam. Yeah. The origins <laughs> of Rob Van Dam. I don't know how to explain it. He was so great. And I became a huge fan of Japanese wrestling. And the thing is that because I've always been such a researcher by nature, wanting to learn so much about different things. Sure. I started to like finding so much information about Japanese wrestling mm-hmm. that I ran out of material. <laughs> and then I signed up for Japanese language courses. Yeah. Like, I just <laughs> learned everything that I can that's in English. So now I got to do this. <laughs> yeah. So I started studying Japanese and it took me a while. But basically, like finding that like made me want to study Japanese. And yeah. So how's being your Japanese a team, at this point? Well, having lived there for a, quite a few time, I would say it's passable. Sure. I think. Very cool. So, uh, yeah. so let's uh, continue on. Go ahead. Yeah. So basically, like that was there during my teens. It was sort of like, you know, it was sort of a triangle of things, triangle of things like, you know, like I wasn't like always into wrestling. Like there, there were like peaks and valleys, you know, like sometimes you're not into it then sometimes you're. Yeah, I kind of make the joke sometimes about like, uh, you know, people sometimes discover like dating and their like wrestling habit mm-hmm. kind of like takes a backseat for a little while. You know, we discover like <laughs> social interaction yeah. and things like that. And then eventually we circle back around to it. Yeah, yeah, I had that. So basically, like I had a couple of years off, uh, mm-hmm. then like a couple of years in, a couple of years off. And then like it's kind of like walked with me with so many years that I di- didn't even realize that like, wait a minute, like I am hugely into this wrestling thing. And like, yeah, in my teenage years, like there was like three constant things. It was video games, anime and wrestling. Nice. What kind of video games are you into? Oh, this is like the worst question ever to ask me. Because <laughs> I like a lot of different games. You just did all of them. <laughs> yeah. If it's a, if it's a game that I really like to play, 
it's got a good story or it's just fun to play. Like I like mm-hmm. it. Like just recently I got into like the Devil May Cry series, which I don't know why I haven't played it yeah. before, but I'm now a fan. It's pretty crazy when you find one of those uh like um titles that you know has been like having you know copies since you were like a child and for whatever reason it just never really like struck your interest or like you were you know occupied with zelda or something like that and you just never really gave it a shot and then eventually you finally like dive and you're just like what is this how have i been missing this (laughs) exactly yeah so yeah so that Um, was the thing i've been going to resident evils now because with mm -hmm. resident evil 8 coming out recently and so on so gotta catch up yeah absolutely yeah yeah i'm uh personally i'm a really really big assassin's creed person um but like from the very first title uh i feel like there's like a large like pop culture wave of fans that came in around black flag and that's cool they can enjoy it or whatever but like I was there from game one. I've played every title that they've ever put out. It felt like it was made for me. I was really into parkour <laughs> and like stealth, you know, Hitman games. And I love middle, uh, medieval, you know, culture and yeah. geography and stuff. And yeah, it just, it felt like it was a game that was catered for me. Um, yeah, it was great, great series. I actually dropped off during three, but I kind of like got him back into it after Origins. So yeah, like three kind of really dropped the ball. I almost, uh, you know, like kind of, had a little bit of a pause with it as well but like one through you know like brotherhood and revelations and all that stuff is just like absolutely like mm-hmm. groundbreaking assassin's creed 2 i will put up against any game it's amazing yeah um but this is about wrestling so let's yeah. get into how you actually physically started going to wrestling shows obviously your first one's in 2002 when wwe comes to finland at what point do you actually start going to shows and is it like exclusively fcf or like are you in other countries? Like, what's going on? Okay, so this is uh, something that I need to make clear first, is that, like, basically, I knew about FCF, like, from the day it started. Actually, I even knew about, like, its predecessor, Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. Finlandia, okay. which was founded in 2004, I think. Sure. So you've got and... your finger on the pulse. Like, there's nothing that's going past you at all. Like, Oh, I was, I was like, one of those guys, like, who lived on the internet and, like, would throw snowflakes around, like, okay, sure. five stars. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Were you a tape trader? Like, did you ever get into, oh, like, VHSs yes. and all that? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, was a, I, was, I was a tape trader. I was, like, getting, like, Chikara and, like, Very all, cool. the, all the New Japan Noah stuff, like, watching, like, the... Uh, the 2005 Noah Tokyo Dome, like just mm-hmm. like on, in under a week after it happened, was like mind blowing to just get my hands on the freshest, newest. It's like, oh my god, here it is! It's right here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It just happened, and I heard about yeah. it. And were you the like Kobashi? Into, yeah, yeah. Uh, were you into Kobashi like and all that stuff too? I never actually got into efets that much, but like gotcha. I just like dabbled in a bit. But you know, but you were saying uh, Kobashi and. Yeah, watching Kobashi and Sasaki do their legendary chop battle was like yeah. one of the best summer memories of my youth, to be honest. It's pretty incredible. It sounds pretty sad, but... No, I, this is... You're among, you know, similar-minded people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so, I knew about the Finnish wrestling then. Uh, the thing was that, like, I wasn't really interested in it at all. It just mm-hmm. didn't, like... The product didn't feel right to me. And I was like, sure. eh, it's... Uh, I mean, if your comparison at this point is like either WWE, FMW, NOAA, New Japan, you know, Mm. Jakara, and then you have like a a, a like fledgling wrestling company that, you know, like has just started, like I'm I'm sure that your standards are like a little bit higher than what the people can meet at this point. (laughs) Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. It was sort of a 
thing. But the first like actual like when I actually kinda thought I knew about wrestling mm-hmm. was in 2009 when I went to Japan the first time in my life. It was like on a actually on a rainy Sunday like mm-hmm. today. Very nice. It was a DDT show in Shinkiba, which mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, Shinkiba is like you're going to the way outskirts of Tokyo yeah. into this Shinkiba small... first string. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's where I made my Japanese debut. <laughs> exactly. I knew you would love. Yeah, absolutely. Love Go ahead. I mentioned it. Yeah, I would. Lo- I knew you would love that mention. So basically, Shinkiba first string going there, seeing wrestling live. And I was like blown away, not just that like, oh, my God, I'm seeing these guys that I've like seen on my computer screen so many times yeah but i was actually in japan watching wrestling something yeah. that i loved who who are you seeing like what's the company that you're going to and what who are the wrestlers that you're seeing uh well i went to see ddt oh yeah so, you just said that sorry about that yeah i went to, to see ddt and this was basically to give you the time frame this was the time that kenny like it was like two months after kenny omega had just debuted okay debuted in ddt and he had sure. that like now famous uh, Falls Count Anywhere match with Kota Ibushi. And yeah. Ibushi was there and like he was sort of an upper mid-carder and so on. I, I went there just to see DDT. And it was just like, yeah, I want to see a DDT show. And I was like really happy. And uh, I'm going to D- uh, see DDT. And lo and behold, you're about to see like, you know, the next 10 years of like, you know, iconic godlike professional wrestling and Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, I didn't see Kenny there, but I did see Kota Ibushi and I even talked to him and I'm really happy that I got to talk to him then. But the thing is that there was one thing that I remember from that show mm-hmm. is that like, I remember, I think it was one of the preliminary matches, like one of the big matches and they were doing chain wrestling there. And I was like sure. looking at it and I was like, these guys are actually really going at it. Mm-hmm. And I know that I could never do that. Sure. <laughs> so I was sitting there and watching those guys wrestle, and I was like, "Yeah, if I ever would have wanted to become a wrestler, like I think that dream ended there because I knew that, like, yeah, that's kind that's of that's not going to be me." That's kind of how I felt when I like first started getting in because like as a kid, you know, obviously you're thinking like, oh, I, I could go be WWE champion or something like that. And, you know, like you never know you could be. But uh, seeing people like Kota Ibushi or like Ricochet or something like that, like I'm the kind of person that I set my goals as high as I possibly can. Um, so I was like, OK, if the competition for like being the greatest wrestler in the world is like Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi and all these people like. I can try, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know if I'm ever actually going to get there. Might as well, you know, try and do this other role that like I can do very, very well and try and get to the highest possible level, which I feel is probably where your thought process came through. Exactly. You just put it nail in the head. So there I was seeing that show, knew that like, okay, I don't think I'm ever going to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And then like years roll on by, I go... I do my military service. We have to do a mandatory military service here. I go, I study, I get my university degree. And then I move to Helsinki Mm -hmm. and I get a job in Helsinki. I work in the tech industry here in Helsinki. So I was like, okay, FCF is having shows. And I, this is like 2017, I think. Okay. And I had been to like two FCF shows between 2009 and 2017. And one was to go see Dick Togo, who was doing his first retirement tour. Right. And the other one was a free show at this uh, sort of a shady fast food burger joint place <laughs> called Snacky. Okay. 
I was a free show. Very I pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went there to see that. Uh, had a okay enough time with a couple of friends. Just like nothing really mind blowing, but it was fun. It was wrestling. It was free. Can you complain? Sure. So then I go into if the first like FCF in 2017. I was like, well, I mean, I live here, so why why not support? Uh, locals because like during uh, during those years i kind of like developed this sort of a support your local independent like kind of attitude that like yeah, yeah, absolutely like, like why not try and stimulate like your local not only like actual economy but like your pro wrestling mm-hmm. you know like community and economy and all that stuff exactly like, they're only gonna survive if they have people there to help them survive right yeah exactly so i i went there and i was really blown away that like in in just just a few years, the whole product had like taken like leaps and bounds of like advancement and be- became more professional and actually like more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And overall, had its own style because one of the things that turned me off previously was that the Finnish wrestling style was basically that people were trying to copy like what they saw on like tape from the US or Japan. Sure. So, very like there was... WWE, like WCW eyes, kind of like TV wrestling. Yeah, and a little bit of like Ring of Honor and like those kind of like indie type of wrestling. Sure. But the thing is that like nowadays, like when you look at like when I went to CFCF the first time, like after my big break and like moving to Helsinki, I started to notice that, okay, these guys are actually doing wrestling that's Finnish. Yeah. It's not uh, trying to emulate anyone. It's doing its own thing. And that really like struck a chord with me. How would you describe Finnish wrestling for someone who's never seen it before what would you say are the major differences between like you know the states or the UK or Japan wherever like what's your guys style like in your own words well we are pretty much close to a uh, to, to an uh, American and the British style in a sense mm-hmm. like FCF we're like a sports entertainment not like fully but like sports entertainment of a promotion and the style is pretty universal in a sense that like it sort of has the same things as the US style would. But the thing is that because our characters are predominantly Finnish, yeah, they speak Finnish and mm-hmm. they have Finnish like tropes in them and like Finnish cultural peculiarities there. So, so it's basically... not even so much that like your guys uh, physical wrestling style is dramatically different. It's just that like you were uh appreciative of the fact that like you were uh the wrestling was acknowledging your guys culture and was actually like bringing in like finnish influences and things like that yeah basically yeah because it was doing like a finnish style of wrestling and i think that's something that i really like about like wxw in germany because they're Mm -hmm. also like if you think about it sure they do like the same type of wrestling you can see like in you know ring of honor yeah but then they're german and they have germans they have like austrians they have swiss wrestlers they have right their own unique cultural flair there. And that's yeah, something they, that I really like. They let their geographic, uh, you know, location influence all of the like cultural um, influences of the, uh, exactly. the the product that they create. Very cool. Yeah. So are you going to FCF regularly now at this point? Or like, is it just kind of, you know, you go for a one-off and you're thinking like, you know, you'd mentioned you want to kind of support the community. Like, is this kind of what led you into like being in the Finnish wrestling scene regularly? Yeah, it it was because basically I just went there. I was blown away. Like, hey, this is good. Mm-hmm. And um, basically I started to see, hey, why not? I'm going to go to the next show. And then I'm going to go went to the next show. Sure. 
And then I got to know a group of guys who like regularly go to the shows and kind of became friends with them and then like started to like hang, hang around with those guys. And one lo and thing behold, leads to another. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, lo get, and behold, let's get you in the ring. How do we get you in the ring? Yeah. So basically, lo and behold, the whole deal was that like, yeah, I was uh, for a couple of years, like going to almost every show mm-hmm. that the FCF had because, you know, I enjoyed the product. It was sort yeah. of a good thing going. And the thing is that a couple of my friends who I went to the shows with, they actually also like signed up for the tryouts okay. for like to become wrestlers. Yeah. And it's sort of a sad story. But the thing is that like I also signed up for the tryouts. Mm-hmm. But I was really sick. Mm, gotcha. Really, really sick. And I mm-hmm. couldn't attend. Yeah. So that was that. The thing is that, like, they had so big of a class that I didn't even think they would even, like, take me in as someone who wanted to become a referee. Sure. Did they have, they like, had, any like, kind of precedent for, like, training referees at this point yet? Or, like, what's that like? Yeah, there was uh, a couple of, like, cases where people were trained to become referees but like sometimes people kind of like pivoted from wrestling training or wrestler training into right becoming a referee so basically that happened not necessarily so many people that like came in straight away to be a referee though yeah no no not that much there's like a couple of like people who have done that like so far but like not like a direct referee training so sure Basically, you were really sick. Of... You couldn't make it into the class. You thought that the class was going to be too big. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. So basically, well, the class was big because like it was the biggest, biggest class of new wrestlers in Finland ever. Sure. Are we so, talking like 20, 30? Like, well, I mean, eight people, but like, still, oh, OK, like, that is <laughs> gotcha. I mean, yes, that is a very large class. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially in Finland, considering that like they actually had to like cut off people. Yeah, not so to mention the fact that, that like you guys have just started, you know, like you're still like uh, trying to figure out the nuances of like being able to give people enough like individualized attention and things like that. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, a couple of my friends got in and they were there and it was sort of like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go see them, support the crew and so on. And then, of course, so this was in 2019 mm-hmm. and then the pandemic hit. Yeah, everything stopped. Like, who knew what could happen? But then last year, when things kind of looked better, mm-hmm. I got a message from my good friend. Uh, he wrestles by the name of Alpha, mm-hmm. uh, a dear close friend of mine. And he sent me a message that, hey, just so you know, there's going to be a referee class coming up this summer. Should the pandemic allow sure and i was like okay if you have it let me know i'll sign up mm-hmm. and time rolls on time rolls on and basically then the they publicize it i sent my application okay come on into the tryouts and the tryouts come and i'm sick once again oh no <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I'm I was assuming sick. not COVID though, right? Like, no, not COVID. So I've been sure. COVID free, uh, thankfully so far. Sure. But yeah, it wasn't COVID, but I was pretty like upset that like, okay, this happens the second time. Yeah, absolutely. Fine. Well, then I sent an email uh, to the head trainer Regina Rosendahl, and she was like, "Yeah, no, don't worry about it. Like, I'm I'm actually sick too." 
So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so like we're going to have our first training session like on this date. So you can come in, we'll see how it goes. And like, if, if you're good enough, like we'll let you continue and so on. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. what's, what's your training physically looking like with Regina? Like, uh, what are you doing when you actually get in there and start working with her? Oh, we do basically like a training with uh, in the referee class is basically just like if you would sign up for the basics of wrestling. So basically like we do like the warm ups, uh, do the bump training, kind of like, you know, all different drills. Of course, like some of the drills are more of a, you know, agility and like mm-hmm. cadence and so on, but sort of like, you know, they're physical. You will break a sweat. You might even get gassed if you're intense enough, but basically like it's uh, there's a level of intensity there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's kind of that like uh, crash course and like making sure that you're going to be safe anytime that you're in the ring. You know, if somebody exactly. needs to do things to distract you or something like that, if they need to bump you or anything like that, that, you know, you're not going to like kill yourself or anything like that. Exactly. Like all of those things. And it was really well organized. It's nice to hear. Uh, like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of variation when it comes to like mm-hmm. professional wrestling training. You know, I've uh, like personally um i walked into school thinking that you know like i was going to be signing like release waivers and filling out applications Mm. and that i was going to have like a a structured you know like um this is what we're learning this is how we go about learning it blah 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 um and that was not my experience at all (laughs) i walked in and i gave somebody some money and then they put me in the ring and said do these things and i was like okay cool (laughs) and like it was a very very good school and they taught me in my opinion like i i think that it was a very very good education uh once i realized that it wasn't gonna be so like professional and structured or whatever um but yeah like no knock on their training at all like i i really really felt like i had a good time there but then you know all the way up through like what you're explaining you know like you had to fill out applications and send emails and like you know a lot of like actual like uh professional organization it's kind of nice yeah it's kind of <laughs> nice. wide variety and, in uh pro wrestling go ahead yeah yeah i mean basically the whole training to be honest like it was sort of a even like executive professionally so like we had homework like the classes were structured and we knew what we were talking about and so mm-hmm. on and uh, like basically to be honest like regina is uh she is pretty much a, an actual coach so she has that background in coaching mm-hmm. and that shows she teaches those things really well. Outside of the physical training, we also had uh, theoretical things. Okay. So basically like, you know, watching through the Zebra Talk Q&As and uh, like watching matches, making notes about the wrestlers and like talking to them about like, what do you do in the ring? Asking questions, like a lot of like this sort of a theoretical part too. So it was... Mm-hmm not just the physical training, but also a theoretical training and kind of like getting both and learning to study tape and so on. Absolutely. Uh, I'm curious, you know, like you're one of the first guests that we've had on here, other than I think Ali, um, who's like really in their like first couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious what kind of influences like Temu had on your experience as well as like, you know, being a part of Zebra Talk and like seeing the Q and A's, like, let's talk a little bit about how like, uh, you know, just having resources has really affected you. Like what, what was your experience like with Temu first and foremost? Well, I mean, Temu is, is one of those guys that like, I can shoot, shoot a message at like 3 a.m. Yeah. Same. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can shoot a message at 3 a.m. And I can 
definitely know that there's going to be an answer. It's not going to be one line long. It's going to be multiple lines. Yeah, absolutely. He's very thorough. So that's been very good. Uh, basically, like also. Was he physically there like for your training when you started? I know he lives pretty far uh, from where you guys do most of the wrestling. Yeah, no, he was unable to come over because, you know, we were kind of trained during the pandemic. Right. So there was sort of those kind of things. So basically the training was that like it was me, Dominica, who is a great referee from Finland. Right. Absolutely. And uh, then there was Regina, who mm-hmm. I praised already. Yeah. A great <laughs> trainer. Uh, then we had Johanna King Kong Karhula, who's a 15 year veteran as like a sub coach. And he was kind of in there to like motivate us to think about wrestling as not just like something you do, but something you think while you do. Sure. Yeah. So, all the intricacies and the artistic things. I like that. Of- I like that a lot, that you have like present thought while you're uh, wrestling and not just kind of like reacting or like doing things mm-hmm. that you like pre-planned mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's critical thinking, which is very, yeah, exactly. very, very good. Very smart. Please continue. Yeah. He was bringing that there and like giving that. And then the, uh, someone that I've become good friends with the son uh, who's uh, like cur- currently the Nordic champion. Okay. So he's also like, he was also there sort of, you know, like a, like a punching bag ragdoll. Okay. Yeah, also he's... there kind of like, so a very, very wrestler oriented, like Juho, who's one of our like more senior reps, who mm-hmm. was also a great guy, was there a couple of times, but basically it was mostly wrestlers teaching referees. Sure. Which like kind of can be a little bit of a like drawback to an extent, uh, but like it sounds like you had a lot of like the right wrestlers teaching you, you know what I mean? Oh, because like, uh, you know, it's it, it it sounds like you were really uh, not like throwing shade or anything like that, but a little bit spoiled when it comes to like your training. Like it sounds like you had some really like good, uh, you know, personalized attention, which is great. But like you're saying, you know, like um, wrestlers can teach us as much as they can teach us, but it's not until you have experiences uh, yourself and when you have like influences from other referees who have done it that actually know the answers to the questions that you have rather than just what they think the answers are. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's that's actually where uh, Juho and Femme were really like valuable, to be honest, because they were basically giving like on-the-spot guidance like whenever they could mm-hmm. and like answering questions and so on. Absolutely. And like during when we had shows, like when Demo would make it, he we would of course like have lunch with him, talk about, ask him questions and so on. Mm. And if he wasn't there, Yuho would be the one like giving us, you know, like his knowledge. So basically getting to know and like them and like getting to hear about them. And then of course, Zebra talking in a sense is also because like there's the Q and A's, like watching and listening to those, like making notes, mm-hmm. hearing about like how some people think about this specific part of the match versus how this person thinks about it but also reading through the like posting questions like i've posted a couple of questions and posted my match that i refereed there and so on basically has been a really good help and basically just the thought of like knowing that like okay i'm in this group with this amount of people Mm -hmm. people that i've grew up watching people who i admire for example all Edwards, who's one of my favorite referees of all time. Sure. <laughs> uh, seeing like her there, post there was like, okay, I'm like, I feel like I belong to something. And that's like something that empowers me as a referee to like do my best because it's sort of like 
they, these people are there. Yeah. And they've got my back. Absolutely. Uh, I personally, like, honestly, even I get blown away by like what Zebra Talk has become, you know, like, obviously, like, I, I was really lucky that, you know, I had a nice idea or whatever, but like, it's an entity unto itself, you know, it is the referee community. And, mm. uh, you know, it just is like a it's a, a great example of just how much the referee community needed something to help one another learn as well as like something to feel like an actual community and to show like how much they want to give back to each other. You know, there's so many people that are in the group that want to try and help other referees be better and learn and travel and grow and things like that. It's, it's been amazing to see it take off. You know, like when I started it, I thought it was just going to be like, I don't know. Like I, I just wanted to know who the other referees in the world were. Like I have another uh, group that I started a few years before that for comic books called mm. comic talk that like has like 300 people in it and nobody ever posts in it. That's what I figured it was going to be. And then look at where we are now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, it's, and it keeps on growing. It keeps on growing because I know that like when, when we are going to get new Finnish zebras, like they're mm-hmm. going to be in zebra talk day one. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty amazing. Uh, it, I think that and like the vets, you know, like saying like, oh, I wish this was a thing when I was a kid or like, <laughs> you know, the, the trainers like making sure that their new students are in the group. Those are the biggest compliments that, uh, you know, to me personally, it's just like they value this thing so much that they're like making absolutely sure like, okay, this is a great resource. You're brand new student. Go get in there. Go learn. Just go soak it in. <laughs> um, exactly. But, this is not a podcast about Zebra Talk. This is a podcast about you. So let's hear a little bit more about how you actually started doing like shows and things like that. Like, let's talk about your first show. What, what was it? When was it? What was your first match? Paint the picture for us. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to think that like, what would be the, like, it depends on like what you consider a show. Do you consider a show where you sell tickets or is it the show where there's a crowd present? It depends. I consider a show something that is intended for fans. Okay. Because like it was the pandemic, obviously. So mm -hmm. you're a little bit hindered as far as like what you can do in front of an audience and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But if you actually put together a product that was meant to be seen by people, then that's your first show, in my opinion. Okay. Well, I mean, my first, first ever match was in sort of this, like, it was like a closed door event for our promotion sort of, you know? So I got to referee one match there. That was like fairly early in the training, but it was kind of like, hey, you want to, hop in the ref a match or two like sure why not did so, you feel nervous the way that you would like almost like it was like a first show experience or was it kind of a little bit more comfortable because there was no audience well i mean because to be honest like it was sort of like my first ever like proper event to meet like all the wrestlers mm-hmm. and like the staff and like people there yeah kind i mean of, like, basically at this point you've just been with like your three trainers right yeah exactly yeah. exactly and i that was like my first like appearance in front of the whole like promotion and everyone yeah. in it <laughs> and i'm i'm put put in with like uh one of the top guys of the promotion and mm-hmm. of course there was one of the newer guys but like it went well uh, i think it went well who's in your first match uh johanna king Karhula, who i just mentioned right who taught me how to think about you train yeah absolutely yeah and then Alpha, the friend who told me. Nice. About That's a great, like, you know, uh, first introduction for you. I'm sure that gave you a lot of really, like, nice, warm feelings. Well, I mean, I was just honored to be there with, like, a good friend of mine, like, just getting to, like, count to three or, well, he lost that much, but, you know. Sure. But, I mean, you know, that's you know, Being there in that moment when he's, like, wrestling in front of 
his peers. Like, it was great. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that, like, I think a few weeks after that, we were sort of like, okay, we're short on referees because mm -hmm. some referees couldn't make it. So then I got a message from uh, Regina that's like, okay, back, pack your gear. You're refereeing tomorrow. Yep. That's pretty great, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, good thing I ironed my refereeing pants because, like, you know, I kind of had the hunch that, like, I would, somebody would have to step up and do a, you know, a match. And this was, like, maybe one month in the training, which was sort of, you know, like, pretty fast track there. So I went there. Um, I had two matches. They went okay. I mean, the other one was basically like three seconds. So sure. what can yeah. you do? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I did well. But the thing was that like, I also learned that like, okay, there's a lot of things that I need to learn. Yeah. And I got a lot of feedback. Mm -hmm. And that was good feedback in a sense that like, it told me that like, hey, focus on this move a bit more in the ring. Don't park yourself in the corner. Like, like good things. Like, just yeah. help me learn. And from that, I started appearing like every month in all of our shows, sort of like doing at least one match. And it continued until this January when we had our, so far the first uh, recorded show. Okay. Which kind of came on a surprise notice because during this point, of course, COVID already had picked up because like in late 2020 in Finland, COVID kind of went the curve went a bit down, but it started to pick up. So we... We started to have more restrictions, so we did a closed-door recorded VOD show. And what happened was that, okay, it was at such a short notice that no one else could referee that. Yeah. So I did the whole show. I think it was like, I don't even remember, was it like nine matches or like eight matches? Sure. But a long show. Yeah. With... No breaks in between, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like it's an pretty Iron amazing Man. when you get like tossed in an Iron Man a match like that, or Iron Man a show like that. Yeah, yeah, I Iron Man a show. I did that. I think. Well, I didn't get like anyone told me that like you screwed up that you're you terrible. That. You're fired. Don't come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was like okay. Seems like I'm gonna ref in the next show too. Like that. Yeah. That's kind of like approval. Definitely. So. That was like the biggest, like biggest hurdle, but I really liked that. And like that day was just crazy because like not only did I have a uh, you know uh, Iron Man show to do, mm -hmm. there was also the like I think like I had a twenty minutes warning that like hey so there's this like camera crew from local media coming in. Oh nice. We need to do like a short like improvisation match. Okay. So are you the only ref today? Yeah. I I'm, fine. Gonna yeah, I'm just going to the show and you're going to be on the news. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so that happened. So that was sort of a small thing I did. Okay. But just like, it was exhausting, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, it's crazy how quickly you can get thrown like right into the deep end of professional wrestling. Like when I started, uh, there just wasn't another referee on hand. So like just all of the shows that I was doing, they were like out in the sun. It was like eight matches and it was just for like a year, just go die in the sun. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, you go to your first like normal show or something like that. And uh, there's another referee there and you're just like, how many am I doing tonight? Three? 
okay, sure. <laughs> uh, and then like you were saying, you know, like you were like, what, a month into training and all of a sudden like you're on shows and you're filming and stuff like that. Like, you know, same thing. Like I, I think I was like three months into training when somebody found out that there was another referee available. And like, that's, that's what it is really is like, there's such a demand that uh, the minute that somebody finds out that you exist as a referee in professional wrestling and that like you're somebody that's reliable, boom, off you go. Yeah, I mean, exactly. The thing is that like we do have like at, at this point, we have like four referees in FCF. And yeah, I mean, like it's a good number to have. Yeah. But the moment that you start to notice that people like they, they might like can't just come because they have family reasons or they they're working that day like they can't change your shifts then it's gonna fall like most of the time it's gonna fall on me because i work a nine to five like monday to friday so yeah like saturdays and so on are free for me so it's sort of a it's okay, crazy. i'm gonna do this then it's crazy how much uh logistics can affect professional wrestling especially for like yeah. referees and stuff like that like yeah. um we have a really great crop of young referees who've been filling in at uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood and doing like mm -hmm. primetime live and taking exactly. all of the like, you know, GCW shows that keep coming mm -hmm. to the West coast and stuff like that. Cause like, uh, you know, Jeremy Marcus is signed to new Japan mm -hmm. now, so he can't mm -hmm. do any of that stuff. And Nick right. Bonanno is like leading championship wrestling from Hollywood now. So he's right. too busy to do any of that stuff. And I'm not doing shows during the pandemic. So like <laughs> there's a whole big crop of like young refs uh, in Southern California right now that like, mm -hmm. just because the three of us aren't available and because, you know, Knox is signed and Marty mm -hmm. Elias isn't really doing shows. They're getting thrown right into the deep end, you know, like a year in like, all right, go do like a GCW world championship death match. Have fun. Hope it goes well. <laughs> and to their credit, like they're doing extremely well, like Allison Lee, Chad Rico, like kudos to them. But anyway, um, so, you know, you're, you're becoming a, an actual, like integral, like part of the family with FCF now at this point, you, you are part of the family at this point. Like what kind of goals do you have for yourself long-term? Like, um, obviously the pandemic isn't over yet, but you know, things are getting a little bit better. Like, are you guys vaccinating over there right now? Like, I'm, I, I, uh, like, do you have plans for, you know, like shows in the near future? Or what's that like? Yeah, so basically, like, yeah, there's the vaccination rollout is going going well enough, I'd say. So, like, we're getting that that sorted out. Basically, in terms of shows, we're looking to, like, maybe have a taped show mm -hmm. and maybe doing, like, monthly shows, like, going forward. Like, sure. like I can't say for certain right now, but that's the plans. And, of course, at some point, we, we would love to have our, like, our biggest show of the year, which we has been postponed like four times already with one of the biggest matches in Finnish wrestling history for the championship, kind of like having that show too. Like that's also on the cards for us. Uh, let's uh, uh, explain to our viewers a little bit what that's going to be. This is a good opportunity to hype that up for whenever it happens, but what's your biggest show of the year and what's the match that you're referring to? Yeah. So basically uh, the biggest match in FCF wrestling and overall in Finnish wrestling, the biggest show is Talvisota, uh, which means win a war. Mm -hmm. and basically it's like our wrestlemania our wrestle kingdom our bountiful glory yeah. super card of honor you know the biggest of the big like right. it's the longest running and like the big cap off for a lot of feuds and we have a uh, championship match like five years in the making i'd say of uh, shemeka who's mm -hmm. basically our ace 
versus Johanna Kinkon Karhula, who's the champion. Gotcha. Uh, it's going to be a huge match overall. And so to be determined when it actually gets to take place, but hopefully, you know, it'll take place and it'll go well. And then maybe viewers, you know, uh, that see this will be able to look that up at some point. Oh, totally. I mean, it's, it's the hype has been like high for that show, but like, I just hope that we get there sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but for you personally, like, what are your goals long term? Like, if you had a magic wand and you could write the rest of your future, you know, like, what what do you want your life in professional wrestling to look like? So, I think like I'm sort of like I approach like life and like my career and everything in sort of like this uh, sequential approach. So I like make like I I do have the big milestone there, like the big super end goal but i have smaller goals so let's say like one of the smaller goals like right now that i really want to do is basically to go abroad mm-hmm. like i think like sweden or denmark or norway yeah absolutely. like some of the countries close close to us go to another promotion and do a couple of matches there see how it goes learn there make some contacts and kind of like get to know people get to like know how what it's like to work in different promotions yeah like diversify your network yeah yeah but also what i want to do is also to bring that knowledge then like to finland and share it with other people and also like build build myself as a better referee so i can serve what we do here in finland better Mm -hmm. and then of course you know then obviously like this like a throwaway goal would be like yeah main eventing the talvisota main events like doing the referee job there like of course that's like one goal to go forward to but then of course one personal goal for me is like i would definitely want to like referee in japan at one point you know and you know we never really like uh got any kind of like reason why you ended up in japan obviously you're like a big fan of the culture and like you know the language and everything but like what was it that actually took you there in the first place well i just wanted to go there i also lived there it was sort of like if i don't do this now Mm-hmm. I'll regret it. So I've been there a few times. Uh, the last, the longest time I was there was like when I was studying in the university. Uh, I lived in Hiroshima and I lived in the countryside of Japan and so on. So that was sort of a thing that made me appreciate the culture more and so on. And I didn't go watch a lot of wrestling because I was sort of in a in a lull phase. Kind of one of those, yeah, about yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So basically, yeah, the thing is that, like, I just basically it's because of wrestling. Like, I found Japanese wrestling. I started Japanese, studied Japanese. I started watching anime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then this, like, the thing is that, like, I kind of want to take these things to the extreme. So, what happened with me with anime was that, like, we went to a lot of cons with my friends and we realized that, like, okay, these cons aren't as good as they could be. Okay. <laughs> so what happened was that we started our own convention and it became, and it still is one of the most prestigious anime conventions in Finland. Fantastic. The best guests. And, Let's talk about yeah. it. Like what, what's it called? Uh, Desukon, like D-E-S-U-Con. And it's held in my hometown of Lofty. Okay. Uh, but it's like, basically the thing was that like, we started it with the mindset that like, okay, if those old guys, old farts, <laughs> the guys who were doing the conventions they don't want to do it well we're going to do our own yeah well then it kind of snowballed because we wanted to do a smaller event but then it grew into this a bit a bit bigger event you guys did uh, it a little too well <laughs> yeah and it became 
a landmark event. And yeah, I did that for like a few years. Then I was like, yeah, time to move on to the next thing. Sure. It's pretty Learn. amazing. Like we were mentioning earlier, like how much of an influence a single person can have on a community and on, you know, like their own environment and their culture and things like that. You know, you were motivated because there was a, a lack of um, an experience that you wanted to have to a standard that you have. So you just made it. So kudos yeah. to you. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, to be honest, like, I'm not saying that I did it myself. Like I'm saying like the gr- group of people of that course, had, like, of course. gathered. Yeah, it was like just like working together for a common goal. That was the best thing about it. But that's what so, I'm yeah. saying is like each one of those people is an individual that mm-hmm. had a need and had a desire to improve the world around them. And because exactly. they had that motivation, it became a reality. Yeah. So we did that. And then like I kind of like during the university years, I was kind of like also like, hey, I want to like I want to go to Japan once again and so on. I mm-hmm. Applied for exchange and so on and went there. And Yeah. I speak the language somewhat okay, I'd say. It's sort of a thing thing to do there that, like, basically, I mean, refereeing in Japan, why not? Like, yeah, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. Um, I mean, I, you did it, so why, why can't I do it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I would love to just see more and more and more people from all over the world uh, just traveling uh, amongst the continents not even necessarily like just to japan or to the states or anything like that but like i would love if more you know referees not even just myself could like go to finland or go to germany mm-hmm. or like that's you know kind of why we came up with the zebra talk fund was like yeah, to exactly. try and help facilitate that mm-hmm. um well very cool thank you very much for your time today we're kind of wrapping things up a little bit but mm-hmm. i do like to offer my guests an opportunity for the last couple of minutes of each interview if there are any um, shows that you would like to promote that are coming up if there are any promotions obviously we've talked about fcf quite a bit but if there's any anything else that you think um you know folks should like pay a little attention to any wrestlers or referees that you think maybe the world hasn't really given notice to yet or maybe they haven't really discovered them yet uh now is the time to kind of try and shed a little light onto that and please also plug all of your socials and everything so go ahead the floor is yours Good, thanks. So, of course, as I mentioned, like FCF Wrestling, my home promotion, the promotion that has decided that pro wrestling is for everyone. Yeah. So that's like we're an inclusive promotion. So like everyone's welcome to to our events and so on. You can find us at wrestling.fi. And from there, you can also find our new, newest events, uh, be it recorded or live. Uh, we're, as I mentioned, aiming to have a monthly event going forward uh of course considering what the pandemic restrictions will be but yeah no guarantees but we're trying no guarantees (laughs) but i will say like i'm optimistic how things are going so we're gonna get there so monthly shows uh then of course uh i have to give give a good shout out to freedom pro wrestling sweden that's run by vegan uh vegan who i've never met but i am a huge fan of because he's just one of the most positive wrestlers i've ever met uh, then of course body slam in Denmark. Uh, mm-hmm. They're basically like I really love like interacting with their Twitter account on Twitter. <laughs> nice. So that's pretty nice. Like doing that stuff there. So those are the promotions. In terms of referees, of course, like like everyone in FCF, like you know, them Kutasari, Mister Close Enough, definitely like <laughs> Close Enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Is it, is it Timu? I don't really know how to pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Temu Kutasari. 
uh, then Juho, you can find him on, uh, I think, on Instagram as mm-hmm. Judge Juho, J-U-H-O. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, Dominica, of course, uh, you can find her, her her on Facebook and Instagram with Ref Domi. So that's Ref, D-O-M-I. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, myself, uh, Ref Riku, uh, R-E-F-R-I-K-U on Twitter and Instagram, of course. Absolutely. Uh, I tend to be more active on Twitter because I like Twitter a bit more. Sure. And then for the wrestlers, uh, I mean, who should I mention? Well, first of all, of course, Alpha, mm-hmm. Alpha FCF on, uh, like, if you search Alpha, like A-L-F-A and FCF on Instagram, you will it'll find him up. on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, it'll pop up. You'll see him. Definitely one to look out for. Uh, then uh, I'm going to give a huge shout out to my space friends, uh, Avarus Ilmia 3000. Uh which basically means the Space Phenomenon 3000, a nice Lucha-inspired tag team from outer space, so Walta Very and cool. Stella. So they're, they're two, two people to look out for. Then, of course, you know, uh, Ken Kallio, uh, who is basically one of our more beloved newer wrestlers. Okay. Then The Sun. The Sun is, of course, like a great wrestler, a great person really love talking with him about anything uh you can mm-hmm. find him on all the social with the sun so it's like the sun with an a mm-hmm. not a u okay uh you can find him there uh, i think it's the sun wrestler on most socials then of course like who could forget regina rusendahl like the one of the like most important persons in finnish wrestling scene today yeah uh definitely like Give her a follow on any social. You can find her at two, like T-O-O Regina on all the socials. Uh, Johanna Karhula, of course. Uh, King Karhula on all the socials. Mm-hmm. A legend, a great person to talk to. Very smart. Really like him. Please don't fire me. He's our DM. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing. Like, this has been one of my favorite parts about, like, not just, uh, you know, Zebra Talk itself, but the podcast and everything, being able to... Um, you know, there's only so much wrestling or wrestlers that I mm. know about just from like being able to scan the world mm-hmm. um, that, you know, I, I do get to find out about people like Regina from folks like yourself and just mm-hmm. be like, oh, wow, there's this incredible wrestler that's just like a legendary mm. fixture in their home country that like for whatever reason, you know, I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but now I do. And now mm. I'm that much better in my own wrestling experience because I know who these people are. Um, yeah, the, thank the- you. I, I do have to give a good shout out to Shemeika and Yoni, who are like two of our top baby faces. Mm-hmm. Really fun guys. Uh, like a big shout out to those two guys. So, yeah. And of Absolutely. course, uh, our ring announcer, Jonathan Katwe, who's a really close friend. He He's not on any socials, but just want to give a nice little shout out to him because he will be listening to this. Very cool. You're the first person to actually give any kind of nod to a ring announcer. So I really appreciate that. You know, we talk a lot as referees about how we kind of um, maybe don't get uh, like as much of a nod or credit or pay <laughs> uh, as we would like. But, um, you know, I think the ring announcers and the commentary team and like the backstage announcers and things like that, they kind of it goes even further down, you know, so it's uh, a measure of who you are as a human being that like you would take the time to talk about a ring announcer. So kudos to you for that. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I just love like everyone in like FCF, like our like commentary team, 
mm-hmm. and basically the people who don't even you don't even see who, yeah like who worked behind the curtain like people like Nina uh Minna Crystal and so 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 on and so forth like those people like who do important jobs in the promotion that our fans wouldn't even see like those people are like so important i just respect the work that they put into yeah we were uh my girlfriend and i were just watching um smackdown this morning and uh mm-hmm. whenever you hear this the this week's smackdown was the one where they're doing the parade of champions uh and they did mm-hmm. the announcement that like you know wwe is going back on tour and they're celebrating all of their champions mm-hmm. and rightfully so but my girlfriend kind of looks at it and she's like you know who like should get some applause once in a while is like the guy who is making like all of the zoom screens work for mm-hmm. the fans, you know, or like the person who's making all the graphic designs or like the cameraman or something like that, you know, like, yes, the champions are very important. They're what make the show exist. You know, like uh, we, we wouldn't be anywhere without all of the wrestlers. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to give everybody else a little bit of a nod every once in a while. So thank you for that. But the thing and- is that. <laughs> who pays to see those people that's a nobody <laughs> and that's why we have a parade of champions <laughs> well thank you so much for being here i really appreciate your time and i appreciate hearing your story and i'm very excited to see where your story goes from here thank you likewise I'm happy to happy to talk about finnish wrestling and like uh, if i could just Say something in Finnish, just a big thing. Iso kiitos kaikille, jotka kuuntelitte. Käykää wrestling.fi, ostakaa lippuja, tukekaa suomalaista showpaan. Ja me tehdään tästä paljon parempi skene, mikä se on koskaan ollut. And would you mind giving us a little translation? Uh, buy tickets, come to shows. Let's make yes. the scene much better than it has ever been. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for being here. And thank you folks for listening, watching, however you're taking this podcast in. We really appreciate that you're here. If you would like to support the Zebra Talk Fund, please go to www.prowrestlingtees.com backslash Zebra Talk. We've got a whole range of merch, uh, t-shirts, sweaters, hats, COVID masks, whatever you like. Obviously, you can see I'm wearing one of our new tracksuits. Also, shout out to Squared Circle. Um, but yeah, if you would like to be featured on the show, uh, please send me an email to zebratalk123 at gmail.com. You can find Zebra Talk on all the socials at zebratalk123. If you're a referee and you are not already a part of the group on Facebook, please reach out to me. I'm Robert Odie Brown. You can also find me on any socials as Odie One Kenobi. And uh, yeah, let's get you in Zebra Talk. Let's get you learning and get you immersed in this like amazing global community that has really changed my life and you know a lot of other people's lives. So thank you very much for being here, Riku. No pleasure is all mine. Thanks, folks. Oh! <laughs>